Hello and welcome to the In All Seriosity podcast. I'm Patrick Fueling and with me is Matt Mizak and we are part of the leadership team here at Grace Community Church. Matt, welcome. Heyo. So we are in the middle of Holy Week and we wanted to talk today about uh, some individuals that make it overlooked when you read some of the various gospel accounts. And these are some various women uh, that are present um, at the crucifixion. And, uh, but sometimes we, we overlook that in, in our readings. And we wanted to uh, take a look at that as examples of how we can be uh, better uh, followers of Christ, yeah. better examples of um, uh, talking about Jesus and what he's done for us. So Matt, um, why don't you kick us off and, uh, and, and tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so this uh, is maybe, like you said, an overlooked or maybe not necessarily overlooked, but underappreciated, I think, maybe part of of the the Holy Week narrative, the story of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, is just the, uh, the faithful presence of named and unnamed followers of Jesus, uh, Mary Magdalene, um, Jesus' mother. Um, a few other people that are named, um, a woman named Salome. Um, and yeah, there's probably about six to eight named women throughout these narratives that uh, are named depending on, you know, if Salome is also known as the the, the wife of Zebedee, stuff like that. So it, it's probably about six to eight women. Um, and I think what they what these passages show us is just a little bit about what it means to follow Jesus for us in our modern world. Um, And so, yeah, let's take a look at some of these passages. So in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, when Jesus is arrested, Jesus uh, says, he addresses the people arresting him, the the Roman officials and and the soldiers. um, And... And then he says basically that all of this had to take place so that the scriptures could be fulfilled. And then so in Matthew 26, 56, there's this little side note, uh, a little editor note probably or uh, an authorial note. And it says, then all the disciples deserted him and fled. So that's... And man, it just seems like in our daily lives, I mean, how often do we, when something comes up, whether, you know, a conversation about Jesus or Christianity or... Even a situation where maybe we have an opportunity to be witnesses yeah. for Jesus and for being a Christian ourselves, and we flee, you know, yeah. not just running away. I mean, I don't think that's happened to me or you, but we flee from a standpoint of emotional or uh, relational or just verbal fleeing where we get afraid or we just don't want to say anything. Yeah, yeah, there's this opportunity for them to stand by his side, to defend him, to... Although Peter tries to defend him and cuts his ear off and Jesus <laughs> right. rebukes him. So they're kind of caught in between two rock and hard place, I guess. But to stand by his side and to be fair to these these guys, there's probably a threat of them dying themselves. So, And these aren't the smartest guys in the world either. I mean, you remember, and I don't mean that in a, in a, cra- a bad way, yeah. but I mean, these are not, these are guys that are like, they're fishermen, they're, they're uneducated men. Um, they are, but they, they see who Jesus is. Yeah. But they're still human, and they still sure. are still learning. You know, we look back at this, and we say, "Oh, well, why wouldn't you say?" We, you know, we we know what's happening, and Jesus yeah. talked about it, and and yeah, Jesus talked about it. But I think in some ways, these guys they didn't really grasp the whole picture until until he was resurrected, and 
you know, I put myself, I try to put myself in those situations, you know, would I have stood there knowing yeah. imminent, imminent death was there if I had decided to stay with Jesus? And, you know, if I'm honest, I may not have, because part of this, that, that human, you know, um, weakness of, yeah. hey, I don't want to die right now. And, and I really don't know. I know who Jesus is, but well, do I really know him yet? Well, that gets into like a little, something a little bit off topic, but like whenever we read the Bible, we always want to identify with like the heroes. Exactly. Like we want to. You know, we want to be like, oh, yeah, I would totally do what Moses did or, um, you know, the cheesy uh, David and Goliath, like, you can fight your battles, you can be David. It's like, no, we're probably the the dude that didn't want to get involved in the fight in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're like his other brothers, David's other yeah. brothers, right? Yeah. Usually when you read the Bible, if you're associating yourself with somebody, it should probably be like the person off of the background who's not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a little side tangent, but um, but it's also true what we're talking about here, which is why when we read some of these other verses as well, um, you know, some of these some of these women, and there were some men too that were really? faithful, and yeah. and it's a great example for us as we you know as we really reflect and pray and think through what, what Holy Week really is and what it means to us as uh, as followers of that's Christ. Actually, that's a really good point. I think I think we maybe ought to identify with with these guys right now who. Um, aren't necessarily the pinnacles of example or I don't think I used that phrase right, but aren't necessarily the best examples to follow. But we can probably identify with them because in a lot of ways they describe maybe our natural human heart, our our disposition towards safety, our disposition towards kind of abandoning Jesus when it gets hard. Um and so our goal today isn't to like contrast and compare the the failure of the men with the succeeding of the women that's not it at all but just to identify some examples of some of these women that i think are really important for us to follow today um it's important too you know back in in these days we talked about this in our one of our earlier podcasts uh, about context yeah how you know it's the women at the time were also looked down upon and, and that's one of the great things that the Bible does is it really exemplifies how Jesus loves the women yeah. and really in some ways went out of his way to make sure that he showed everyone that, you know, these women were not second class citizens. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it's kind of a couple of different, you know, reminders from that perspective, but, but yeah, they set a great example. And in some of these verses here, we'll talk about of, of, um, you know, what it means to, you know, stick with Jesus, even when it's not comfortable or, yeah. or there's even potentially uh, opportunities for death. Yeah. So, Pat, at the crucifixion, we get some names of some people that are present at the crucifixion, some of the followers of Jesus. Do you know the only male disciple who's named in the crucifixion story as being there? That would be John, the apostle. Yeah, correct. And, yeah, it's not even, he's actually not even technically named, actually, which is interesting. He's named, he's called the apostle who Jesus loved. But we've kind of figured out that Which that's... It's kind of interesting. I mean, if you were the other apostles going yeah. around and you know, Jesus is calling this guy yeah. the one that he loves the most, in a way, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how, how again, putting ourselves into that position, how we would react to some of that, but do you probably know, not well, but anyway. Do you know how many women are named, women followers of Jesus are named at the crucifixion? 
I actually already said it earlier in the episode. Six. Yeah, it's either six to six, six or eight. Six yeah. or eight. Uh, well, six through eight. Um, so and all four all four gospel accounts list this. Um, whereas only the Gospel of John lists John as present. So maybe there's a little bit of self self preservation going on there. But who knows? Uh, but all four gospel accounts present women as being present at the crucifixion. Um, so Matthew twenty seven fifty five and fifty six. Uh, said many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Uh, Mark uh, 15, 40, and 41 um, says among them were Mary Magdalene, the mother of Jesus. Um, or Sorry. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. Uh, in Galilee, these women had came, had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. Luke twenty three forty nine says, but, the, uh, but all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Um, and then John nineteen twenty five says, uh, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So, Matt, do you know who Clopas was? No. It was the brother of Joseph. So that would be the aunt of Jesus. Okay. So that makes, so, yeah, so Mary, so that's also the Mary named in Matthew. Yes. Where it says Mary, the mother of James and Joseph. Yep. Okay. So there you go. What clarification. Yeah. Um, so you have six to eight women uh, who are present at the crucifixion of Jesus. Um, and are a faithful presence when seemingly the other 12, maybe besides John, are absent. Um, so what I think this, why I think this is important is um, particularly in, you know, this is a little bit of a, a leap, not a leap, but a little bit of a, um, like an, a drawing out from this passage. So obviously this passage isn't, about this specifically, but I think one of the conclusions we can draw is that um, it's easy to follow Jesus when everything's going right. Uh, you know, it's it's easy when uh, your prayers are getting answered, your bank account is healthy, your doctor appointments are not complicated. Um, but it's really hard, particularly in our our culture currently. To follow Jesus when it means identifying with his suffering, when it means being there at the crucifixion, when it means being uh, with Jesus at his lowest point, at our lowest point. Um, And I think these women are really good examples of following Jesus and identifying with his suffering. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, almost like a consistency in yeah. terms of their faithfulness. Yeah, you know, you mentioned you know it's easy for us in our culture today to, you know, when things are going great. We kind of like we talk. Oh yeah, I'm I'm doing great with Jesus. Kind of, it's almost like a name only. Like I'm, yeah, I, I believe that. But I, you know, Jesus, things are going great. I'm not going to really worry about things or come to you or read read your word or or, yeah. or pray until things go go wrong. And so we have this up and down a lot of times in our society. And you know, I'm guilty of it. I think we're all guilty of it at different times, where you know, God wants us to be present with Him all oh, yeah. the time. And and now again, these women were not perfect. Obviously, they're oh, sinful like we are. But 
there are examples here of you know being with Jesus in the good times and in the obviously the, uh, the devastatingly you know terrible time yeah. uh, of the crucifixion. So it's just a good example, of a reminder maybe for us um, that God calls us to be present with Him all the time yeah. and in the good and the bad and everywhere in between. And and I think that's just a lesson that it's hard for us in, in the West here in America to to do that because of so many different distractions that maybe can get in the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. I mean, victory comes, like, you know, we're in Holy Week, victory comes, but the victory is through suffering and self-sacrifice. It's not because, it's not just, we don't just skip to Sunday, you know. Um, there's there's some things that happen before Sunday, um, but particularly maybe in the prosperity gospel world, some of that seeps into how we view God and we just want you know, we want to be healthy, wealthy, and then we'll then we'll have a good relationship with Jesus when He gives us certain things. Um, so, you know, this uh, I should look it up, but there's that verse in First Thessalonians about how each of us should aspire to lead quiet lives. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? I know I don't know the verse, but I know what you're talking um, about. Yeah, and that that uh, this example of the women. Kind of just reminded me of that. It's First Thessalonians four, eleven and twelve. Um, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business, work with your hands, just as we told you, uh, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Um, so there's this this quiet, humble life that that Paul. Um, Paul tells his followers to 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 strive towards so that we might be able to gain the respect of of people out there. Um so I think these women are just a really good example of this this kind of quiet faithful presence alongside mm-hmm. Jesus no matter his ups or his downs. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting Matt, you know, just when I think back in life of people that when I think of this verse in 1 Thessalonians there are you know there's a few individuals that that come to mind um you know, some men and women both in my oh, life yeah. that are just when I when I their 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 faces come to mind when I see this, and it's such a great reminder and an example of you know how how we should live. You know, we don't have to be loud and bombastic, and yeah. you know, um, but really, uh, it goes back to a strong kind of humility uh, about how we live our life. Yeah, and the example of the strong, loud, bombastic guy, Peter, is the one who denies Jesus three times. So I right. think that's a little interesting. Right. Uh, just that we, yeah, exactly what you said, that that the Christian life is more often maybe about quiet humility than it is about loud, boisterous victory or bragging or whatever. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the resurrection. Um, uh, Pat, this is going to be an easy answer, but... Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> who uh, Who does Jesus first appear to? Uh, when who does the resurrected Jesus first appear to in in all four gospels? Well, he first appears to I think it was Mary. Yep. And ironically, again, it's um, you know, it, it, it's again one of the women that are there uh, present. And why are they there? Do you remember? Uh, they were there, I believe, to um, take care of take his body. care of the body, yeah, with the tomb and yeah. so forth. So yeah. that's why they go there in the first place. Yep. Um, but yeah, all four gospels either have. Well, they all have Mary Magdalene, um, but some of the other Gospels, like Luke, Luke lists some other women, uh, Joanna, uh, Mary, the mother of James, and a few other people that are kind of going down to the tomb um, to do this. 
But I just find that really interesting. All four gospel accounts have the women as being the first um the first ones to receive the news of the risen Jesus, and they're actually all given a charge to go tell that news to the other eleven. Um, so I don't need to read all of these. You can you can take take a look at these on your own. But uh, John twenty eighteen, Matthew twenty eight uh, one and verse ten, Luke twenty four nine through eleven, they all list Mary or or some of the other women as being uh, the first the first ones who Jesus, the resurrected Jesus appears to. Um, and, and like in John 20, it says, and she, t- uh, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with her news and said, I have seen the Lord. And she told him, she told them that he had said these things to her. Um, this is why Mary Magdalene, if uh, you have a Catholic background, is called the apostle to the apostles because she's the first one to tell the news to the people who will go on to tell the news to thousands. Um, and so I think this is just really fascinating. There is, there is a little bit of controversy in Mark. Did you know about this? There's two endings of Mark. I was not aware of that. There's a shorter ending and a longer ending. And all of your Bibles probably make some sort of note in this that says um, some manuscripts end at verse... Eight and then some manuscripts end at verse nineteen. So there's a little bit of controversy. The shorter ending, uh, Mary is told to go tell the disciples, and she is scared. And then the chapter ends, and the gospel ends actually right there. Uh, in the longer version, uh, she does what she does in the other three gospels, and she goes and tells the the male disciples, uh, and they they come to the tomb to see for themselves. Um, so there's a little bit of controversy there, but. Um, so maybe three and a half of the Gospels. Still still a, a sizable majority. So. In all four, they all uh, appear to Mary first, and maybe in three and a half, uh, she goes and tells the news to the male disciples. Um, so what do you think, Pat, what, what do you think this maybe communicates to us about how we ought to follow Jesus? Well, again, it goes back to, I think, a uh, consistency of... of uh, you know what is what does Jesus mean to us as as individuals that follow Him that are saved by uh, His resurrection and by placing faith and trust in Him? Yeah. What does that really mean to us? Yeah. And versus just going along with the flow of everyday life and getting distracted on things, this is it's a call or a reminder. Holy Week in general it is a call back to, um, you know, who we should place our faith and trust in all the time, yeah. not just when things are going well. Yeah. Or not crying out to him when things are not going well and saying, oh, Lord, if you just do this one thing for me, almost like bartering and so forth. Yeah. And um, so that to me, it's just a reminder of being consistent. And um, it's a great reminder for me and hopefully for others that, um, again, Easter, this Holy Week and Easter itself doesn't mean that on Sunday, okay, well, Jesus rose from the dead and let's go back to living normal lives. Yeah. And another uh, you know, 350 days from now, when we start the next Holy Week, we can go back to this yeah. again. It's a call to consistent life every day, every minute of every day, not just, you know, one, one week a year, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 that, like, all of this is useless. Our entire life, our entire Christian life is useless if Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead. And, and yeah, it's just such an important point that this isn't like a, a one-time holiday where like you said, we go back to our normal way of doing things, but our entire life should be lived in light of the resurrected Jesus, 
who first chooses to appear to to some girl named Mary. Um and and yeah, it is interesting. She she's there she's not there to she's not there for any other reason than to take care of his body. She's not there because she wants she thinks that Jesus might be resurrected and wants to be the first one. She's again kind of going back to that first Thessalonians passage. She's she's living a quiet, humble life still serving her Lord even after he's died. And maybe for that reason she's rewarded for that. I don't know. Maybe she's rewarded for her, her humility and her service to God by by being the one who he appears to first. But yeah. Um, yeah, I just think this is a little overlooked and underappreciated passage is just the faithfulness of these women, particularly of Mary, just because she's the one who's named in all of them. But um and it, it gives us an example of how to follow Jesus today. We identify with his sufferings. We identify with his victory. And then we're charged to be witnesses of that victory and of that suffering to other people. And we're told not to just hold that in for ourselves, but we're told to go out into the world and make disciples of this reality that Jesus has resurrected from the dead. Yeah, that's a great, great summary, Matt. And uh, a great reminder for all of us as we uh, go through Holy Week and, and beyond after uh, after uh, Easter Sunday where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. So uh, we want to thank you for uh, joining us today for this episode of In All Seriosity. And we would, again, uh, love to have any kind of questions, comments, or feedback that you have. Uh, you can do that at our website, which is www.gotgrace.info. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share with others and be sure to subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. And uh, for more information about our church at Grace Community Church, please check us out again at www.gotgrace.info. Until next time.